0: Everybody say this after me. The word of God is truth. truth. If I live the word, I I will be blessed. blessed. If I don't, I I won't. won't. It's just that simple. simple. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's so simple. (laughs) Yeah. Amen. Well, I do have a word for you today. And uh, yesterday, my husband came home about two and uh, he said, let's just go for a ride. God hasn't shown me what I'm to say. And if you've got it, I'm going to smack you for not telling me sooner. (laughs) And I said, I don't don't think I do. God's been speaking to me some things, but I don't, I mean, I don't know that I'm supposed to do it tomorrow. Anyway, long story short, he said, I think you're the one who's supposed to do today. And and I do have a word for you. Everybody say, God will restore. restore. This word has been just stirring in me for two or three weeks. And um, about two weeks ago, I was listening on Sunday night to Pastor's. Uh, Well, it was actually Pastor Sharon that night. Pastor Paul was there. But Pastor Sharon Doherty, which uh, the church we attended for eight years when we started this ministry, we had come out of that church. Um, Pastor Sharon Doherty, Pastor Billy Joe Doherty, her husband, were the pastors. And they were very young. They were about 28 or 30 at that time. Um, And that's who Pastor Dan was referring to earlier was that family. And uh, I had just tuned in to their Sunday night Service and Pastor Sharon was singing that night. Uh, She had a service called Vintage Worship, and it was all the songs uh, that she had written. She's written many songs that she didn't sing that night, but everything she did that night were songs that she had written. And uh, when we were in that church, we were very privileged to uh, see the Spirit of God just move in tremendous ways um and one of them was pastor billy joe would preach a message and then pastor sharon would jump up at the end and she would have a song to go with the message and when she would start singing that song the piano player who had never heard the song before because it was right out of heaven everybody say open up the heavens and this song would come forth and he'd be over there and amazingly he would be able to play it I mean, it was just the Holy Spirit of God connecting everybody. And she would sing, and the Spirit of God would flood that place, and people would just get ministered to from the message and the song that God gave out of heaven for that particular situation. And so that night I was enjoying all of it because we were there in the very beginnings of that ministry and got to see God do all those things. And so um, I tuned in for the whole evening. Now the crowd that was there that night were probably all over 40 because they remember when she did all of that. There weren't a lot of young people there, but it was such a night of feeling that same uh, spirit of God just come into that place and just sweep over that place. You know, God sends his anointing, and when he does, things change. No matter how, how bad they look, no matter how impossible they look, there's a possibility with God. And uh, that night she sang this song, God Will Restore. And uh, when I heard it that night, I just felt like it was a word that we were supposed to share in this church, Um, especially for those of you. How many of you that have have only been coming to this church uh, six months or less? Could I see your hands? Yeah. And, And how many of you have been here over a year? Okay. How many of you know that when we get in positions where we lose things, oftentimes that can just bench us for a time or keep us in a place where we just don't do anything. Have you ever been in that place where you just sit down and say, I'm not even going to try? Uh, well, that's when God in his mercy and his loving kindness can come and make a difference. And I was listening to the Words to her song in the first service I played it, but I just want you to listen. It says, God will restore what you feel you've lost. Shame and remorse are removed at the cross. All that was wasted and has been destroyed. How many of you face some things that just look like they're dead and they're not coming back? Uh, God will restore. Just believe his word. And at the very beginning of the CD, um, I need to get some of those CDs. But Pastor Billy Joe says, um, God it wants to restore because there are so many people in a place that need restoration right now in our in our nation. Well, this was in 2000, 1999, 2000. But I don't believe it ever changes. I just believe we see more of it now than we saw in 1999 and 2000. Because if you look at society and you look at the numbers, you know, the divorce rate, um, situations and circumstances in people's lives of, of really a lot of um, serious uh, crimes being committed against children, Uh, against women Uh, you know I said in the first service though when we were in Tulsa we had situations where women beat up men so you know it wasn't a gender thing (laughs) hallelujah there are some women that are pretty volatile and uh, I never knew that you know but uh, we had one man end up in the jail because they thought he beat her and really and truly he kept saying she hit me with a stick she hit me with a stick and sure enough when we talked to her she hit him with a stick and so you know but but it's intensified everybody say intensified and so uh, i believe that's why that night when she sang that song she sang a lot of songs but she sang that one and the last part of it was in the midst of devastation you can turn to him he promises to heal you and then raise you up again nothing is impossible if you put your trust in him and this was the key just leave your past behind restoration can begin And so I want us to pray today that this is a restoration service and that in this service today, whatever may be hindering you in your life, or maybe this word is for you to hear and share with someone else, but whatever is hindering you or someone else from going forward, everybody say going forward, that today in this place, restoration will begin. Amen. Father, I thank you for everybody that's here today. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's true. I believe you gave me this word for the people that are here today, those who may be listening uh, to this message online or maybe have a CD and they hear it. I thank you that today you will restore and begin a work in their heart that will bring healing and wholeness and a hope for a future in you. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 And the basis for that song uh, that Pastor Billy Joe shared right before she sang on this CD was um, out of Joel 225. And the scripture that God gave uh, to the children of Israel was... I, so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust has eaten, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. That's a whole bunch of locusts. Amen. In some translations, it describes it as the locust, the canker worm, the caterpillar, uh, the palmer worm. But really what that means is that the whole plant was destroyed. You know, there's the fruit, the branches, the stem, and then the root. Everybody say the root. And, you know, when we we pray to stop the enemy's work in someone's life, we say, let's get to the root of the problem. Because if we pull out the root, everything else will be gone. Well, it's also true that if someone jerks the root out of a person that God put there for them to grow and become, then they're never going to have that life that God intended for them to have, because God deposits in us. It, it even talks about it in the Psalms, how he creates us from our mother's womb. And it says our days are fashioned by God. In other words, he has a plan. He has a purpose. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, I know the plans I have for you for a future and a hope. Well, when sometimes situations and circumstances make people feel like it's everything that's happened is so devastating now that it's even taken the root out of the hope that I had for my life, for what God promised me, whatever the situation or the circumstance may be in your life. And so what God is saying here to the children of Israel is, I will restore to you the years. Everybody say years. How many of you have some situations in here that They've been years, and and you need to see that restoration in that situation. Maybe it's just been two or three years, but any time that you're in that place, it's a long time. Everybody say a long time. Because we're always wanting that situation to be restored. We're wanting that thing to come back. Uh, sometimes we're waiting for it to come back to what it was. And I want to talk to you about that today. And I want to just give you a little bit of a preface for this scripture that God gave here. The children of Israel had made many mistakes. And, and if you go through the old covenant, you see over and over God's calling. Is it God calling? <laughs> But you see in scripture how, um, you, the children of Israel would do what God told them to do. And it says they had a King and he did right in sight of God. But then sure enough, a little while later, they're not doing right. And then God sends an army in from, uh, another, uh, nation to get their attention. How many of you have ever had God get your attention and he gets their attention and then they go, oh, we don't want this. And so they start crying out to God, and then he rescues them. How many of you ever thought they shouldn't have been rescued? How many of you ever thought they, they should have had to suffer a little while longer after the way they made me suffer? You know, but God isn't like that. You know, he's not like that. And so in, in as you look at this, this particular book, Joel's talking about... Israel has been disobedient to God. Uh, He says that he wants them to remember uh, and tell their children exactly why they're in the mess they're in. How, How many of you know when you share with people how you got in your mess, sometimes you can help them avoid their mess? How many of you wish somebody would have told you so you'd avoided your mess? I got both hands raised. I just can't use this other one. And so, you know, at the time though, we don't always receive it as someone giving us helpful advice. But truly, God knows the way of escape for everybody, and he makes a way where there is no way, but we do have to listen and obey. So this is really from the beginning of this chapter in Joel verse 1, I mean chapter 1, and he says... Hear this, you elders. This would be people who should know. And give ear all you inhabitants of this land. is anything like this happened in your day or even in the day of your fathers? Tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children and their children tell another generation. And then he uses something that has happened in the natural, which are these locusts. And he says, what the chewing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locust has eaten. And his next words are awake, you drunkards and weep and wail. Why? Because God wants to rescue them. Everybody say God wants to rescue them. It's not because God wants to condemn them. It's because God wants to snatch them out of that place. And he wants them to wake up. Everybody say wake up. And so the destruction of the enemy uh, is progressive. Everybody say progressive. Uh, He very rarely just does something to pull the root out of you that is all your confidence, all your trust, all all your courage in, and everything that you've seen God do. He doesn't like just come and get you like this immediately and pull that root. He starts with the fruit. Everybody say the fruit. And he'll come and he'll destroy some fruit. Then he starts on the branches, then he gets to the stem and then a niche, and then finally in the last stages he pulls the root out. And that's when people sit down and they give up everybody say give up and so uh last week my husband preached you know on don't give up that we have to go after those things that god has promised us and today i would just like to encourage you that there is restoration for the most devastating thing that you have ever faced because god is a restorer and probably the most devastating thing god faced was when adam and eve sinned in the garden and he had to put them out of his presence But he had another plan. Everybody say another plan. It's called restoration, called redemption, redemption. And so God had to have another plan. I've heard people say over the years, well, you know, God doesn't have a plan B. Well, I think he does. Plan B would be me, although I think I'm down to D. (laughs) Plan B, plan C, plan D. How many of you glad glad God's got another way to get done what he wants to get done? And he still wants to do it with you. That choice becomes ours all the time, though. We have to make that choice. And so I believe what Joel was saying is if you'll do what... What I want you to do, if you'll do what God wants you to do and I tell you to do, then God will restore, even though they had this natural circumstance to identify with because they knew what had happened because the locust actually did this. And so he gave an analogy of something true. Um, I want you to look real quickly and we'll come back to Joel. But in Psalm 107, you know, God is faithful. Everybody say he's faithful. We sang about it today in our worship, but in Psalm 107, I love this psalm. Uh, it's about the redeemed. Turn to your neighbor, Say, I am, "I am redeemed." Now, if you're here today and you know Jesus, you are redeemed. The Bible says so, and uh, it, because God made a way for you when you couldn't make a way for yourself. So it says in Psalm 107, "Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good; for His mercy endures forever." Let the redeemed—everybody say that's me. Yes. Say so say so let the redeemed say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west from the north and from the south and uh, as i was putting this message together last night i remembered this psalm we sing this song a lot Um, again i say rejoice and it says oh that man would praise him that would, they would give thanks to him for his goodness and for his loving kindness. And uh, that's exactly what the Psalmist wrote here. And it talks about God's great works. Everybody say, God has a great work. Now this concerns you in your life because God has a great work in your life for you and this is this is what the psalmist says how god listens for his children in the midst of their devastation and it says so it talks about the children of israel how they wandered in the wilderness in a desolate place they found no city to dwell in hungry and thirsty their soul fainted in them how many of you have ever been there I've been there. And then it says, then they cried out. Everybody say they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them out of their distresses. It doesn't say, and he said, why are you there? And what have you been doing? It just says, he delivered them. Everybody say, he's a deliverer. He's a deliverer. He led them forth by the right way that they may go to a city for a dwelling place. And then it says, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. Then it says, this is the next example. Those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death. Have you ever felt like that? bound in afflictions and irons because they rebelled against the word of God and they despised the counsel of the Lord. How many of you know somebody who's done that not you maybe but somebody and so they, they didn't agree with God's counsel therefore he brought them down brought down their heart with labor and they fell down and there was none to help them. I've been there too but it says then they cried out to the Lord and in their trouble and he saved them out of their distresses. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. He brought them out of darkness in the shadow of death. He has broken the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron in two. Everybody say he can do it. He can, He can, he can restore everything because he is a delivering God. He will take us out of that place. This is this is the last one. It says, fools. Everybody say fools. 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 Because of their transgression and because of their iniquities were afflicted, their soul abhor- abhorred all manner of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word, and he healed them and delivered them from their destruction. All oh, that men... Would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. It goes on and it talks about how people get in prosperity and then they fall in that situation. And then they, because they get prideful and then they end up crying out to the Lord and he saves them out of all their distresses. And it says at the very end of it, whoever is wise, turn to your neighbor and say, that's me will observe these things in other words we'll look at these things and see that God and they will understand the loving kindness of the Lord everybody say he loves us he loves, he loves us even when we don't deserve it he wants to rescue us he wants to restore us turn to your neighbor and say that's good news for me <laughs> even when we didn't deserve it Jesus died on Calvary that's why it's, that's what it says in Romans chapter 5 verse 8 it says while we were yet Sinners, Christ died for us. Why? To rescue us from what we were going to suffer without Him. And people still suffer today without Jesus. They think they can do it in their own strength, but they cannot. You know, Dan, I was thinking about when you said that about uh, selfishness and about finances. Um, in Faith to Faith, Brother Copeland said uh, that's the root cause of people not believing God for more. Is they're selfish. He said, they think about their own prosperity and not their neighbors. He said, when you say to God, I don't need any more, then you're saying, I don't even recognize what other people need. I just care about what I need and I've got enough. Everybody say that's selfish. That's not the spirit of God. God is not selfish. He does not want to destroy people. His word is prosperity. And it's not prosperous prosperous for us to live in a place where we're totally in the past and not going forward because we cannot see restoration. Because we cannot see how God can do it. How many of you have ever thought to yourself, I don't see how God can fix this? I've I've had myself say it. I have my husband say it to me not very long ago. I know that God can do this. But I don't see any evidence. Everybody say evidence of God doing it. In the natural, there is no evidence. But the word is evidence that God will restore. But there's a process. Everybody say a process. And the number one process, let's go back to Joel, is repentance. Everybody say repentance. It has to happen. It has to happen. Now, repentance is not about the other guy repenting so you can have restoration. (laughs) That's not how this works. Even if they're the guy who did all the wrong. Are you getting this? Repentance is that you let God examine you and you repent for any part you have in where you are today. And I don't know about you, but I know in my life, in situations we've faced over the years, almost always I can find something that I didn't do right. I don't always like to admit that, but I can always find something that I didn't do right. And it's in that repenting of what we don't do right that we're not only released, but I believe we release other people to go on and be who they're supposed to be. I experienced that in my life, so I believe it for that. But to be redeemed means to release, preserve, rescue, deliver, liberate, cut loose, sever, free, ransom. And then it means custom of buying back something a person has lost through helplessness, poverty, or violence. Even if you're here today and think you didn't do anything wrong, God wants to rescue you. I do believe, though, he will call on you to repent if there's anything in your life. That isn't the way it's supposed to be. I don't know what happened to Paul on the road to Damascus other than the word of God. But it says in Acts, and I've just been reading Acts. Before I go back to Joel, I want to give you this because I think it's important. You know, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And uh, this is actually him giving testimony to his encounter that you read about in Acts chapter 9. And he's given it in a court situation, uh, which is going to send him to Rome, but he will be bound. He will have to go as a, uh, a person who is bound and has committed wrong things and will go to prison. But he says, that's okay, I'll go do this because I do this because of the Lord. And so in, in his uh, rebuttal, to these leaders, he talks about how um, the Lord stopped him on the road to Damascus and said, Why are you per- persecuting me, Saul? And uh, he says, Those who were with me indeed saw the light, and they were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. So I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said, Arise and go into Damascus, and there you will be told all things which are appointed for you to do. And the long story short is, God called him to the Gentiles, but he said, I don't, I don't really deserve this. Everybody say deserve this because I was there and listen to what he says. Um, So I said to the Lord, they know that in every synagogue, I imprisoned and beat those who believe on you. Now that's just about as bad as you can get. I think is if you've been beaten on Christians Uh, and then he says, and when the blood of your martyr, Stephen was shed, I also was standing by consenting to his death and guarding the clothes that those of those who were killing him. But God still used him. Everybody say God still used him. God still restored the root in Paul, Saul, who is now Paul, to do what God had called him to do. Everybody say this, God won't give up. God will not give up and if you look at Joel this is what he says to do when you're in that position of needing restoration now therefore says the Lord turn to me with all your heart with fasting with weeping and with mourning so rend your heart and not your garments in other words it's not about looking pathetic how many of you know people who can look pathetic (laughs) but they go right on and do what they did before Have you ever seen a pathetic looking, you know, uh, this week, this happened, I I was, uh, I'm just reminded of this, my little granddaughter, Molly's in kindergarten, and um, she's been going to the nurse a few times a week, and um, her tummy hurts, well, so my daughter called me and said her tummy hurts can you go get her Um, my son-in-law was out of town she said can you go get her and find out mom what's wrong with her (laughs) and so I got I pick her up and when I go to the door to get her or the window there at the school she comes out of the nurse's station pathetic looking (laughs) pathetic even the principal said oh she does look like she's sick and she just kept her head down you know and out she comes and she gets right beside me and we start for the door she grabs the umbrella she says where are we going yeah. everybody say pathetic. pathetic she looked pathetic now she said my stomach still hurts but get my lunch i think i'm hungry and i she had not eaten any breakfast that morning so she was feeling sick but as soon as she was with me and could get her breakfast we had an instant healing, deliverance, right there in my car. Right there, right there in my car. I brought her in here. The office people can testify. She got the turkey. She got the cheese. She got the yogurt. She got what she needed, and there was no more pathetic. Hallelujah. And then she said, I'll go with you and get my nails painted today. I was so she got her nails painted. Pop took her to, to uh, the Barnes & Noble. She got a few things there. She went home that night. My daughter sent me a text. <laughs> I won't tell you about that. (laughs) She was healed, delivered, and right back on it the next day. But uh, her mama had her had a talk, and she's not going to the nurse anymore. Uh, Everybody say pathetic. Well, you know, we can look pathetic, but that doesn't mean we've really changed our heart. And so God calls for a change of heart. I remember uh, the day that God changed my heart. Uh, when I, in 1979, I was a single mom. I was in Tulsa. Some of you might've heard this state, this, me share this, but I'm not going to share the whole testimony, but I had been divorced twice. My life was miserable. I was going forward with God, but I would go forward two steps and back three or four. You know, I I couldn't, I I never felt like I was going to make it. And you know what? I wasn't going to make it until I repented. And I remember the day that God rent. He, he rend my heart. he, He broke my heart, and I knew that that what I had done was sin. I had always said sorry. I had always made excuses, but I had never repented. That day I repented, and from that day on, I was free. Everybody say free. Just like it says here. It says, return to the Lord for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm and who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him that day my heart broke and i remember crying for uh, it must have been two hours i just cried and cried and cried i didn't think i could cry anymore but that day in that crying i not only repented but god healed me he healed my heart because when it was all over with i could forgive and before i couldn't forgive you know, you will never be restored. If you have unforgiveness, you can never be restored with unforgiveness. You know, that's why I believe on the cross. Jesus said, father, forgive them for they know not what they do because he still had to go to hell and get the keys. And he could not do that. If there was unforgiveness to those who had destroyed his life. You may feel like that's where you are today. I sure felt like that's where I was. And, and in that situation, God did heal me. He healed my heart. And he did some other things as, as I went along because I was very fearful. And he took the fear out of my heart. The next thing it says here in Joel is fear. It says in verse 21, fear not. Everybody say fear not. Fear not, fear not O land, and be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. That's Psalm 107 all over again. Oh, that men would rejoice and give thanks for his loving kindness and what he can do. If you're here today, um, you may be in a place where you feel like, I don't know if it's just the fruit that got eaten or the branches or the stem, or maybe God's just, you know, sees that the root has been ripped out of you. God today wants to restore in your heart those things that need to be restored because he loves you. And so he says, repent. Then he says, fear not. Then he says, rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. Well, we don't always see what he's done. Because, you know, sitting here today, you you can hear me say, God, this is a day of restoration. But you say everything's still the same. Well, the day that it's restored is the day you believe it's restored. Not the day you see it restored, the day you believe it's restored. And you begin to live out that life that God's called you to live. And Micah, it says in chapter 7, and that was another Old Testament prophet. He said, though I fall, I shall arise. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm rising up. I'm rising up. Sharon Doherty also wrote a song about that, and it was, uh, Rejoice not, O my enemies, though I fall I shall arise. I shall arise. She used to sing it at funerals. <laughs> I was always waiting for somebody to jump out of the casket. Hallelujah. Everybody say he raises the dead. He does raise the dead. He raises dead things that are in your life. But this I want to point out before we close today. Restoration is not always back to what you want it to be. Restoration is always forward. Everybody say forward. Um after God healed me and delivered me, you know, uh, from all of that hate and anger and hurt and pain and all those things, uh, that he did that day that, that I had that opportunity in his presence. Um, I believed everything was okay now. And so God was going to restore, everybody say restore. He was going to restore my family back together. In other words, I was divorced, but he was going to He was going to restore me and my children back into the relationship with their father. And that's not what God had in mind at all. But I did because I thought he's going to restore. And what did I want restored? I wanted that restored because I thought that was the best thing for my children. And and so I was looking back. Everybody say looking back. And that's why Paul says in Philippians, he knew, Paul knew he could never look back. He could never look back at what was he had to look at that day when God stopped him on the road and keep moving forward. He couldn't look back. Do you think he didn't have a bad day thinking about all the people he persecuted? Do you think he didn't have a bad day thinking about standing there while Stephen was stoned to death and died right in front of him once he knew Christ? How how many of you have been convicted of things, and and it hurts you to think you ever did those things to somebody? I can't imagine how Paul must have felt. But God never restored him to the Jews. He took him to the Gentiles. In fact, he said, you're not going to the Jews. You're going to the Gentiles. Why? Because God said, everybody say, because God said, and so God didn't restore it the way he thought. I believe that, that my ex-husband was going to leave his new wife and he was going to come back to me because God restores. How many of you know people who've taken scripture and got it all messed up? (laughs) Well, I, that was me. And there were a group of women who were all wanting their ex-husbands back, who, uh, because I was alone in Tulsa, somehow I got hooked up with them. Everybody say, like spirits attract. And so I, I that was an answer for me to hook up. And so I go over here, and I'm believing right with them. But the thing is, there's no peace. Everybody say, no peace. There's no restoration. No restoration. And all I'm doing is getting more and more discouraged because I'm waiting for God to restore it in a way he isn't going to restore it. And then one day somebody who really loved me came to the door and said, God told me to come tell you you're believing a lie. Broke my heart, but it set me free, set me free. Then I had to repent again. Because now God's got me delivered from all the other junk. Now I'm believing a lie and trying to go a direction that God didn't tell me to go. And trying to pray my ex-husband out of another marriage. Don't you think God appreciated that one? In the name of the Lord. Listen, I've been down a long road. I know what I'm talking about up here. So you might want to believe me and save yourself some trouble. Everybody say, "God God will restore. But he restores the way he restores. And it's not always the same. When I heard Sharon two weeks ago singing this song out there at Victory at night, and she was singing that song right before she sang it, she said, God always restores. And I was thinking, here's this young woman. uh, She's about eight years younger than me. Her husband died five years ago. They've been in ministry for years, traveled all over the world. Singing and preaching the gospel They were in Russia when the the Iron curtain fell they were able to go In there with the gospel no telling How many souls were saved by Their ministry in Tulsa God honored them they went every month for 18 months every month for a week And preached the gospel with little Children took one child each time With them so they didn't leave their children behind They did they laid their lives down For the gospel and she's up there saying God will restore By herself now God will restore, but she said, "But it may not be the same as it was." And my heart, I could, I thought, I understand that, because God doesn't always do it. Why? I don't have all the answers. People make decisions, things happen, but I know this: God never gives up on the plan that He has. And I just been watching her. She's been in Russia. She's in Armenia. She was over by the sea of Japan and Russia. Then she came all the way back to Moscow. Now she's in Armenia. And then she's coming back. And then two weeks later, she's going somewhere else. Her son is now pastoring. She's still there, but she's going all over the world, just like pastors Billy Joe and Sharon did before. It's just Pastor Sharon now. But the anointing is still the same. And God is still the same. And the call is still the same. And she didn't die. She lives. And she lives Because she chose to let God restore. I believe God wants to restore some people here today. And I know he can. I know he can. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, I thank you for every person here today. I thank you that your word is true. When we turn to you, we return to you, or turn to you, just salvation, we just turn to you and say, God, help me. I don't know what I'm doing. And then you rescue us from hell. You rescue us in this life uh, to have prosperity, that the thief can no longer steal from us and you rescue us for eternal life that will always live forever in heaven. And sometimes, Lord, we just need to return to you because we just got busy doing our thing and we find ourselves in a place where we need to be restored. Lord, today we repent in our heart. I just want you to take a minute and just shut yourself in and ask God, you know, do I need to take care of some things? You know, is, is this... Is this something I need to do? Is something not quite right, Lord? Just show me. You know, repentance isn't a painful thing. Repentance is a, a good thing. It's a great thing God gave us, the ability to get free from anything that's holding us. But we do have to repent, and repent doesn't mean we keep on doing it. It's not it's not the same as just being sorry I got caught. It's repent means I change my mind and I'm going to obey God. I'm going to do what God says. And then fear leaves. Which is such a torment because perfect love casts out all fear. When you get in connection with the spirit of God again, the love of God can flow freely. Not it's always there from him, but you you can't receive it when you're in that locked up prison. And then once that flows, then the rejoicing comes and the joy of the Lord is your strength today. I just ask this question first. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus, you are missing everything because in him is everything. In Christ is everything you need. In Christ is hope. In Christ is health. In Christ is deliverance from every ploy of the devil to destroy your life and today i ask you will you let jesus take charge let him become the lord and savior of life it's a decision we get to make it's not it's not forced on us we get to make it we we get to choose i choose jesus or maybe you're here today and you say i i did that but i kind of gotten off on a path that isn't going the right direction but today i want to make a change and i want to get back on target I want to get back in the place where I know he, he is with me, he's for me. Even though I know the word says he is in my heart, I will experience it and know. If that's you on either one of those first time, I just want to give Jesus everything. Or you're here today and you say, I got to get it right. And today's my day to get it right. Would you lift your hand? We want to pray for you this morning. Everybody here has been in those positions at one time or another. I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Over here. Thank you, Jesus. If that's you, would you just quickly come down here? We're going to pray for you. I believe God's going to give you a new start today, new beginning. You lifted your hand. Over here. Thank you, Jesus. Over here. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I know you know him. He's got a great plan for
1: your life. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and his gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at VictoryLafayette.org.